0: So he walks toward the blue corner. He has a staff in his hand. Listen to me. He had all the tools he needed. All the tools that he needed. He takes the staff in his hand. He takes the sling in his hand. He takes the five smooth stones in his hand. And I often wonder, why did David take five stones? Because all he used was one. And then it just dawned on me, Wow! Well, in case of Goliath, had a brother from another mother. David was ready. He was prepared. And Goliath stands there in the blue corner and he's standing there in amazement and when he sees David getting closer, he begins to see this skinny, scrawny little kid called David drawing near this bulky, brutish grown looking man called Goliath and all Goliath could do after seeing him is liken David to a pair of sticks. Because Goliath raised his voice in 43 and he tells David, am I a Dog, (laughs) that you come to me with sticks. What a defying phrase. Now, you have this day, if you can imagine with me, in this ring, you have a heavyweight versus a featherweight. In this ring, if you can imagine with me, it would be like a poodle trying to attack a Rottweiler. See, I have a dog, and I love my dogs. I have two dogs. One is a Cocker Spaniel. His name is Silas. And I named him Silas because he's always locked up in his cage. tell my dog, you got to pray hard if you want to get out. My dog actually talks. I tell my dog, how was your day? And he says, rough. <laughs> then I have another dog. Her name is Tiffany. If there's any Tiffany's here, no offense. As a matter of fact, when I bought my dog at the, uh, what do you call it, where you buy dogs? Uh, the You know what I'm talking about. What, what is it called? The pet store, right? pet store, right? I used to buy them in the neighborhoods for $5. But now I'm getting a designer dog, Zaitu, do. a designer dog. I said, what's a designer dog? And they said, this one. I said, what is this? And the, at the pet store, they said, it's a cockapoo. So what's that? They said, it's a mixture of a cocker spaniel and a poodle. I said, get designer dog. In the neighborhood, that's called a mutt. So the person checking us out said, what are you going to name her? And we said, Tiffany. And she said, that's my name. I said, well, that's a compliment. So I take Tiffany home, small little puppy, cute dog. And about a week or two weeks go by, and I, my wife said, let's take the dogs to the beach. See, because that's what happens when you get saved, and, and you're a nice family now. You take your dogs to the beach. Before you used to fight your dogs. Now, you take him to the beach. So Tiffany's in the back seat with my other kids, and I'm driving in my expedition. And Tiffany happens just to jump out of the car when I'm driving. I hear my daughter scream, like, ah, about that time it's too late. And I feel my expedition go boom, boom. And I looked in the mirror, and all I see is Tiffany in the middle of the street going in circles on the floor. And so I stop the car. I go over there, and I go reach to help her. And let me give you a little bit of advice. Never try to touch a dog that is hurt. Hmm? And so I go to help Tiffany, and Tiffany snaps at me. She bites me, and naturally, you wanna go like that, but she's so locked in, her whole body comes up with my. It was like a puppet show. You know, she was just swinging there. <laughs> Make a long story short Tiffany had to have her leg amputated. So I have a dog with three legs. Don't feel sorry for her. It's better than two. We, we just have two. She, at least she has three. <laughs> so every so often, I'll go through my neighborhood with my tank top on. Nice sunny day. Just me and Tiff with three legs. <laughs> and I have that gang, gangster walk. What, homie? What you going to do? I got, I got, I got my... I got the trinity right here with me. That's what I call it. I call it a trinity. She went from Tiffany to trinity. But it would be like my dog Tiffany trying to attack a pit bull. And that's how it was this day with this guy called David versus Goliath. I mean, what odds would you have given this boy David against giant, this giant? Matter of fact, let's go a little bit closer to home and let me ask this question. What odds do you give you against your giant? Because our giants... Listen to me. They don't walk around and they don't brandish or, or carry a sword or a shield. They don't brandish uh, those things. But I'm here to tell you what they do. Your giant and my giant, they come into our house, into our neighborhood, and they brandish blades of unemployment, abandonment, sexual abuse, and depression. Your giant doesn't parade up and down the hills of Eli, but he He prances through your office, he prances through your bedroom, he prances through your classroom. Your giant brings you bills you can't pay, grades that you can't make. Your giant brings you people you can't please, alcohol you can't resist, a career you can't escape, a past you can't shake, and a future you can't face. That's what your giant brings. You know very well what the war of your giant is. You know it. It's a familiar war. For some of you here, your giant is waiting for you outside in your car. He's waiting for you as soon as you pull up to the driveway of your house. Your giant is waiting for you tomorrow morning at work. I don't know what the roar of your giant is. I know what mine is. But David faced this giant who would scream challenges morning and evening for 40 days, twice a day, morning and the nighttime. This Philistine giant Strutted in front of the Israelite army. Your giant and my giant. Does the same thing. The first thought of the morning. The last worry of our night. Your Goliath dominates your day. And infiltrates your joy. How long has he stalked you? What people don't realize. Is that. Goliath's family was an ancient one. Goliath's family had been around for centuries. And it was an ancient enemy of the Israelite people. So, Joshua drove them out of the promised land... 300 years earlier before this event took place. This man, Goliath, came from a city called Gath. Now, this city bred giants like Yosemite grows sequoias. It was normal. This man, Goliath, you got to picture this in your mind tonight. Saul's soldiers, the Israelites, every time they saw Goliath, and they saw him every morning and every evening, every day, 40 days, and every time they saw him, you have to imagine that Saul's army would mumble underneath their breath to one another every time Goliath strutted his his, his, his intimidation in front of the people. They had to have mumbled underneath their breath. And they probably would say, oh no, not again. Oh, not again. I mean, my, my dad fought his dad He was an ancient family. They probably said, "My grandfather fought his grandfather." And some of you here today, we have grown those similar words in our own life, and we mumble underneath our bread, underneath our breath, and we say to ourselves, "I'm becoming a workaholic, just like my father was a workaholic." You might say, "Divorce streaks through our family like an oak wilt." You might say. My mom couldn't keep a friend either. You might say, is this ever going to stop? This Goliath, he awaits you every morning and he torments you every night. He stalked over your ancestors and now he looms over you and your family. This Goliath blocks the sun in your life and he leaves you standing in a shadow of darkness. Out? Am I the only one that faces giants in my life? It sounds like I'm describing a familiar person. What did this man do? What did this boy do? I'll tell you one thing. This boy was really a man. And here's how he prepared To knock out a giant For life It's very easy His perspective was different Than everybody else's His perspective was different Let's go back to the brook Because that's where it began Let's go back to that brook When David kneels down And he didn't see What everybody else saw See, when everyone else saw an invincible giant David saw an incredible opportunity When you see your Godzilla Is that all you see? When you hear that giant's voice Is that all you hear? When David kneeled down by that brook, I'm going to take you back there. Here's what he did. He reached past himself. And he got down on his knees. And if he wanted to, he could have studied his appearance on the reflection of that brook. But he knew that it wasn't about him. He knew that if he looked at him, that he would be discouraged. Because the ripple effect in the brook that day would have, a, would have caused a distortion of what David really looked like. And therefore, he had to reach beyond himself. He had to reach past himself. Growing up as a kid... I would go to carnivals, and there would be this thing that was called, I think it was the fun house, and you would walk in this trailer, fun house, and there was all kinds of weird things, and finally when you get to the upper level, you came to that floor that was filled, that was filled with different kinds of mirrors, you guys remember that, yeah, and you would go in one mirror, and this mirror would make you look shorter than you really are. Remember those mirrors? And you have fun, you throw your hands out, and, and, and you say, oh, look at little people, big world, right? You, you say, wow," and and you have fun with that mirror, right? Well, us Mexicans, we have that mirror in front of us all the time. <laughs> and then there's another mirror you go to, and this mirror made you look taller than you really were. There's another mirror, and everybody liked this mirror, because this mirror made you look skinnier than you really were. And then there was another mirror, and I won't talk about that one, that made you look bigger than you are. Hear me. What we see in the mirror will reflect how we act as a person. Why do you think people spend so much time in the mirror before church? Why do you think people come to church at 10.40 when it started at 10 a.m.? Because they got to make sure that what they see in the mirror, they're approving of. I don't like these shoes. Let me put different ones on. I don't like the way this tie looks. Let me put a different one on. I don't like the way my hair is standing up. Let me put it down. I don't like the way it looks. Right, we, we look at the mirror and why is because the mirror will always reflect or it will... See, self-image determines our behavior. See, that's why when people go to the gym, they feel good about themselves. When people don't go to the gym, they stop feeling good about themselves. When people are fasting, they feel good about themselves. When they're not fasting, then sometimes they don't feel good about themselves. You see, we have to understand something about the mirror. Is that what we see in the mirror will reflect how we act as a person. But I'm here to bring you some good news this evening. How many want some good news this evening? See, David was a man that had a different perspective than everybody else did. Why was everybody not able to fight against this giant? I'll tell you why. It's because they saw themselves not worthy enough to be a champion. They saw themselves not good enough to be a victor. They saw themselves too weak to fight against a big man. But when David walked on the scene, he reached past himself. He didn't see what everybody else because if he studied his image he would get discouraged of what he saw. Therefore when David reached past himself what he chose to believe and what he chose to do is that when he studied his image in the reflection of the water that he chose to see that there was somebody else that was standing next to him on his right side. There was somebody else that was also in the reflection of this image. David knew that he couldn't fight a giant All by himself. Saul had a problem. Saul wanted man glory. I like what Pastor Steve said. Pastor Steve used to say, it doesn't matter who gets the credit just as long as God gets the glory. He used to say, why does God want the glory? It's because he can handle it. See, David knew that. David understood that. David knew that it wasn't about what he can do. It was about what God can do through him. And so David chose to say something when he looked and he reached down past that brook. When you look in the mirror, you got to see that you're not in that mirror by yourself. Every morning when I wake up, and it's time because every morning for me, for all of us, but even more so for a pastor, every morning you're stepping foot on a, in the battle zone. You're stepping foot on battleground, You're actually walking into a war. You're walking into a battle line. You are in the front line leading the way for everybody that stands behind you. And when I wake up in the morning and when I start praying to God, that's my mirror. I see my mirror is the same mirror that uh, King Nebuchadnezzar saw. Is that at first he just saw these three little Hebrew boys, but as they begin to look a little bit closer, he realized hey that somebody was standing in this fire with him there was a fourth man that was in that mirror that wasn't there the first time that King Nebuchadnezzar took a look when I wake up in the morning and when I start praying and start looking at the mirror of a life I understand one thing about who's next to me I gotta self talk and I gotta say oh I ain't facing Monday all by myself because As I look close in the mirror I see somebody standing next to me And he is my advocate I see somebody standing next to me And he's my wonderful counselor I see somebody next to me And it's my father that's standing next to me I look at somebody and it's God Almighty I see the great high priest I see a righteous judge Everybody else can call me guilty But my judge is a righteous judge He don't call me guilty. He calls me child. He calls me friend. When I look in the mirror I see my refuge. I see my strength. I see somebody sovereign that's standing next to me. I see the defender right next to me. I see a consuming fire that's standing next to me. I see the God of all comfort. I see the head of the church. I see my comforter In sorrow, I see a sure foundation. Is anybody with me this evening? I don't wake up and walk into the battlefield all by myself. Because with Christ, I am nothing. I have nothing. I can do it today, I can do it Monday, but I can only do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When I look in that mirror, I don't see Pastor Fernie. Oh, thank you Lord, that's right. I see a God who avenges me. I see help. The Bible says standing next to me is our hope. I see the Lord of the harvest. I see the Prince peace I see my Savior that is going out to the battle with me I see my support I see my confidence I see the faithful and the true I see my friend I see a God who saves me I see my hiding place that is standing right next to me I see the Holy One among you I see the King of Kings I see the Lord of Lords I see the Good Shepherd I see my stronghold I see a life I see a mediator I see a redeemer I see a good teacher. I see my salvation. I don't wake up in the morning and look at a distorted image. That's how I'm able to fight and knock out giants.